I don't have memory of my dad ever saying I love you. Mm. You know, because in our cultures we don't say I love you, beta. We just don't acknowledge that, right? And I don't have a memory of him do- now he does it because I've, you know, like we've changed and we've grown and he's growing which I really appreciate. Mm. But I remember watching this uh, video as well where there was a documented series of like 30 Asian kids, Asian I'm saying. Yeah. And they hadn't said I love you to their parents or their parents hadn't said I love you back to them because we don't say I love you in our cultures we show it through food mom gives you food dad gives you protection you know like but we never say those words out loud mm-hmm. and that lack of love that we feel results in all this right it's true what would you do if you weren't afraid to fail Hi, I'm Dr. Neetha, and this is The Brave Table. This is your oasis, your destination to be all things just a little bit more brave in your actions, in your relationships, and in your life. And today, my guest, all the way from Mumbai, Simran Handa, who is the founder of Brown Boss Babes, makes women feel seen, heard, and appreciated. And Simran started building her community online to inspire other South Asian women around the world to be just that, brown boss babes. She created this platform to bring like-minded women together and give them a safe space where they feel understood and supported. She's been featured in New York Daily Trends and Hustlers Digest, as well as spoken as a guest speaker at the Empowered Within Summit 2022 with 18 other industry leaders. Her vision is to help you realize the power you carry within and remind you that you're capable of accomplishing absolutely anything you desire. And today we dig deep. We filmed this in Mumbai, actually after my book launch in Mumbai, the release of the India version of That Suck Now What, How to Embrace the Joy and Chaos and Find Magic in the Mess. And we connected instantly. It was like a soul sister connection. I reached out to her and I was like, oh my gosh, we have to do a podcast. And do you know what the you know latest and who's the best person that I should go to for this? And Literally, she was like an angel on earth. I mean, I don't really know very many people in Mumbai. My circle has kind of gotten lower, but it was so great to meet her in person. We actually went out to dinner. And what she talks about for this next generation, for brown boss babes, that we can have a seat at the table. And we get into the themes of how to break the shackles of society's expectations. You know that phrase, what will people say? What the cultural expectations of us are? And she shares some of her stories of failures and rejections. And we get into why it's so hard to sometimes speak our truth, especially when we're faced with nuances with our familial lineage and upbringing. And what can we actually do differently? I'm so excited for you to listen and learn from the sweet, powerful, and fierce Simran Handa on The Brave Table this week. Hey love, want to go deeper and behind the scenes with our mini trainings with some of our guests on The Brave Table? Then become an insider and get the inside scoop. It's absolutely free and you'll unlock private mini trainings that will help you be even more brave in your relationships as we go deeper in certain areas of your life. So become an insider today for free at neethabushin.com forward slash insiders. That's I-N-S-I-D-E-R-S and learn from the Vice documentary 
Shaft on pleasure, Dr. Kate Northrup on money blocks, Karen Rockland on speaking your truth, and Dr. Nisha Khanna on women's health and so, so much more. And guess what? It's all free when you go to Neeta, that's N-E-E-T-A, Bouchon, B-H-U-S-H-A-N.com forward slash insiders. Grab your inside scoop today. And now back to the show. Simran, I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah. Welcome to The Brave Table. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So you are known on the interwebs as the brown boss babe queen. So I kind of want to start there. What gave you the inspiration? My own failure, I think. (laughs) I think, isn't that the best place to start? Yes. Nobody starts when they're motivated. (laughs) When you're down in the dumps and you feel like you don't belong, and there was a point where I felt like I don't belong. I see a lot of things happening online, but there was no safe space where I felt I connected in all terms, not just as a woman, but as a woman of color. Mm. And that's why I was like, if there's not one, I'll build one. Mm. And that's where it started. And believe it or not, it just spitballed. (laughs) Well, yes, because I feel like when I came across your account, I'm like, yes, she's speaking about all of the things that I think so many of us you know, and, and for sure, like the younger version of myself was like, I wish I had so much bravery and courage to do what mm-hmm. Simran did, you know, when I was going through my divorce and all of my failures from like my relationships. Mm-hmm. And so one of your posts actually was five signs to know that you're like a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And so if you can just take us through maybe some of your people-pleasing tendencies around family or society. And, you know, we think as a Desi from the West, Mm -hmm. it's so different. Would you say that is the case or it's not the case? Or Mm Because I want to, you know, kind of highlight some of the challenges that a lot of women face here with those nuances of growing up with expectations. But I also want to draw similarities of you know, how we are even similar in those ways. Yeah, honestly, like, I would say that we are more similar than we realize. But of course, there are some certain, you know, details which are a little different. But most of us, especially women, we are conditioned to be liked. That means people like you. That means you're accepted, you're validated, you're worthy. If you're beautiful, somebody likes you, you're you're happy about yourself, right? So we are conditioned to seek validation from external forces instead of being like, you know what, it's okay if I have acne on my face, it's okay if I have stretch marks, I'm beautiful, right? But that's not the way we are conditioned. So I feel like overall we have a lot of similarities when it comes to people-pleasing. But if I have to get specific within our culture... I don't think the West and the East have any differences because I feel you grew up with that kind of a family and so did I. True. And their conditioning is the same. So your great-grandfather and my great-grandfather and great-grandmother had similar conditioning, right? Yeah, our lineages, it was like how they were raised and then they passed on that generational trauma to how then our grandparents were raised and then to our parents who, Mm -hmm. how they were raised. And... I would say like the biggest difference is that over here, uh, because we are in the country, you're here, right? So it's okay to be a little bit more modern and accepted. I've seen that in the West, sometimes people try and hold on to the culture more because they're so away from it. 
and we do the opposite that we run away from it because we are so and true. we run to the west because we're like we don't want to feel too confused about things right? well it's so funny because <laughs> you met a couple of our some of our really close friends and they were like I have not been to a Diwali celebration. And every time I come to the States, I'm going to a Garba. I'm going to temples. Yeah. Like I don't even I have I don't I can't even tell you the last time I did Absolutely. that. And so it is very true. I think a lot of times the perception from the West is, you know, how Daisy can you be? And even mm-hmm. like I'm half, right? And so the idea was, okay, how can I belong? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how Punjabi can you be? Or how Sikh can you be? I mean, it's very like this belonging has an identity of Absolutely. some sort. And so for you, I'm so curious about the way that you've started multiple different things. There was a post on your profile that you had your dream job, you were living in Milan, and then completely did a 180. How was that for you? And then also breaking that news to your family. Oh my God, disastrous. <laughs> That's how it was. Because I think it's that quote which says, like, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Mm-hmm. And I never understood the power of it till I actually got what I wanted. And then I realized that I didn't want it. I was conditioned to believe that that's what I should be. Mm. Oh, if you're a brown kid, you're either you're a high achiever, you're a doctor, you're an engineer, or you're something, or you're nothing, right? Or you're a failure <laughs> or a disappointment of the house, right? So it was my conditioning because I grew up as acing my studies, acing everything in life. So people expected me to do well. So people were like, oh, she is going to have like 10 degrees and do these big things and stuff like that. So I followed that path. I got like straight A's, I went to uni, I got scholarships. I was the only kid in my class as a non-European who landed a job in Italy. And I speak fluent Italian now, which is something I never thought I'd do in my life, right? But that's where we're conditioned to work with that hustler's mindset that you've got to come out first, right? And the best part is when I won everything, suddenly after six months being there, I was like, this is not what I want. Mm. Somebody else told me that I should have this in my life. Somebody else being either my family, my parents, my loved ones. I'm not blaming any one particular person. Mm-hmm. And to break the news to them that this is not something I want to do is always difficult. The mm-hmm. first time around, I mean, I've pivoted three times and I'm only, I turned 28 in Woo! November. <laughs> and I've already pivoted my career thrice. So like literally my parents go like, is this the one now? <laughs> Are you going to stick to this one? Because in our culture, we are taught that whatever you choose it's going to stay or you're a doctor you're going to stay a doctor for life for life so they don't ask you oh what inspires you what you like they ask you what do you do that's Mm. the second question after what is your name right yeah can we normalize just saying how like how are you you? (laughs) or what are you what are you inspired by I mean let's break it down because you kind of talk about this And I want to double-click on a few concepts, but one of the things that is coming up for me that's present right now that I want to speak to is you talk about the hustler's mindset of, I mean, you were a ballerina as well, Mm. and you studied in the U.S., (laughs) you know, then you were in Italy, and high fashion, like the mecca of fashion, Mm -hmm. and and now creating this global community, brown boss babes, Mm -hmm. and you talk about this slow era. So talk to me about the slow girl era versus the hot girl era. 
I think I'm like a victim of like the <laughs> the hustler girl era and I'm this recovering victim of it I would say because I think today we are all realizing the importance of slowing down because mm. we grew up trying to fight for our freedom to be financially independent to be seen to do our thing run our businesses pivot career changes all of those things yeah. right and we're tired now and I feel like it's also important to understand this is where the feminine masculine balance comes in mm. and to anyone who's listening and doesn't understand what i'm trying to say it is that we both have the masculine and the feminine energies mm-hmm. and we to lead to be a leader to be ambitious means tapping into your masculine mm-hmm. but to slow down to nurture to be intuitive means tapping into your feminine. Yeah. So we are now in a reverse cycle where all these women who hustled built businesses burn themselves out in like 2 years to try to be a man. <laughs> try to be a man. Yeah. I don't know who said that but okay. It's Let's a try to be a society. <laughs> yeah, to slow yeah. down. So it's I think that's something I really talk about now way more than I used to because I do not want to be constantly chasing to feel like i'm achieving mm. and this is something as a high achiever i always as a people pleaser i always dealt with is that you are constantly chasing to be somebody mm. or please somebody and like we say the chase needs to stop mm. otherwise we are going to burn out in the process and then it's going to take you way longer to come back up mm. and i feel like i was stuck in the cycle of the burnout and flourish burnout and flourish the, there's nothing wrong with it you just live in the extremes then yeah so you're either burning out or you're really flourishing and that doesn't really help yeah and i even think that you know in my career pivots like as a cosmetic dentist i remember when i was trying so hard to be like the older doctor that i took mm. the practice from that i purchased the practice from and he was you know 40 years my senior i was just in my 20s and he was in his 60s yeah. you know retiring and he was a white old man i do not look anything or resemble <laughs> anything like a white old man <laughs> and and this is in a town where it is predominantly white and so i think as a a young woman of color who actually looked very very young at the time you know everyone said hey are you the nurse you're the assistant oh do you work for doctor so and so and that was a big chip on my shoulder that i'm like okay i'm going to prove to everybody that i belong here yeah And so I'm going to work twice as hard. I'm going to wear turtlenecks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not put makeup on so I can look like a guy. I'm actually not even going to put music on <laughs> in my office. That's my name. Yeah. That has my name on the door because I want to put classical music on because that's what they all listen to. And it was just everything that I was doing was to be like this person who didn't even own the practice anymore. I mean, it was my name on the door, yet the validation was still coming because truthfully, people were related to this man. They had been with him for like 10, 15 years. I couldn't compete with that. Yeah. But what I could do was, you know, really acknowledge and say, "Okay, yes, I'm going to lose some people, and that's okay because the ones who are really going to be attracted yes. to you by yourself that's going to take time but when you start to shine your own authenticity mm-hmm. i didn't know what that was and i think that for anybody that's listening to this or watching this on youtube 
I think that's the biggest reminder. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is just one example that I see so vividly because who told me that I needed to be like a man? Like I couldn't acknowledge my own zest and beauty and the fact that I loved EDM music. And so literally I remember one vivid day and this was after my divorce and I was, you know, coming into the office and I literally, I, I couldn't hide what was going on around me because I had a bunch of stuff that I just took from my house. I was in my very fancy car and I just came inside to all the 10 people that were working for me at the time. And I said, I can't do this. I'm going through a divorce. You guys, if you don't know if your jobs are stable, you can find something else. I just don't know if I can do it. And and Mm -hmm. from here on out, I'm just going to be completely transparent. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you when I let people in, things change. Yes. And so when I share that, when did you start to notice things changing for you from the expectations of other people? And how is it now that you've been able to build this community with those things in mind? Yeah, I I love that because I think sometimes the demon is bigger in our own head. Mm. Sometimes we tell ourselves we can't ask for love. We can't ask for help. And this is something you mentioned. Shout out to the suck now what? Because it's in your book. It's true. So it's mentioned there. And that is the problem that the minute I learned that I can ask, nobody actually verbally told me that, Sim, you have to do this or you have to do that. There was this unsaid pressure and expectation. And half of it was built in my head. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Half of it was built in my head because I had to be my father's daughter, but not father's daughter slash, you know, oh, cute little daughter, the daughter slash son. (laughs) Yeah, because you're the oldest. I'm the eldest. I'm the eldest girl syndrome. So you can imagine the eldest daughter syndrome. That's not the best thing to have. So Yeah, can you tell us about (laughs) that for those that are not the eldest daughter? Yes. (laughs) So the eldest daughter syndrome, or like the online world calls it, is basically the girl who grew up being the warrior, the therapist, the son, the everything of the family because she's the one your mom goes to or to, you know, feel comfort. She's the one dad expects from because she's going to be the success. She's the one who takes care of the younger ones because she's like a daughter slash mother. So she's the one who takes on so many responsibilities and grows up faster than she's supposed to. So many of us do that because a lot of people tell me that, oh, you're so mature for your age. I used to get that a lot when I was younger. And I used to think, oh, it's a compliment. Like, you know, yay, badge of honor. I realized, no, it's just my unprocessed trauma, (laughs) which made me cope that way. Mm-hmm. And as the eldest daughter, we do that. We take on all these responsibilities, this uh, pressure of not wanting to disappoint anyone, being the constant leader of the house, having it all together and being yeah. the person who kind of serves everyone. I'm not saying other people <laughs> don't do their part, but yeah, we have problems. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. And just to talk about, you know, embracing the soft girl era even a little bit more, I think, you know, in the in the West, there's, there's been studies that have shown that the amount of autoimmune diseases mm. that a lot of women are now getting, you know, in their 30s and 40s, they're having fertility issues. Yes. They are having autoimmune diseases. So like lupus and MS and thyroid disorders. Mm. And it's not just because of what we're eating or if we're not working out. It's 
autoimmune is like your body is attacking you. Yes. And the biggest culprit that we have is stress, is the cortisol, is the fight or flight. Your nervous system is constantly dysregulated and we keep pushing and we keep pushing. And I'm sharing this as, you know, the last three weeks being in India, I'm like, yep, that's what I've been doing too. <laughs> so I am just as guilty. <laughs> and but I think it's it's also because, you know, and I want to hear your perspective on this. We have been primed as a young girl. Blue pressure. Because it was, yeah. like, always expected. Yes. And the thing is, is as a woman, we can do so many things. We can entertain, and we can get those things done, and we can make food, and we can take care of the kids. Like, we are wired to do all of those things, but then at the expense of whom at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. It's us. Absolutely. And so if somebody is listening to this now and they're like, all right, Simran, but how can I get into my soft girl era? What are some of the things that you can help them start with? I think the first is acceptance that you're not in your soft girl space. Once you've accepted that you truly want to embrace that, mm. trust and surrender. Trust, surrender, let go. These are things we let go is something we do not understand. We love control. We love having it all together. Process starts with actually being okay with not being okay. Mm. A soft girl is not something which is, you know, like there are some trends where it's always like, oh, I have my millionaire bike, you know, like my millionaire car, I'm driving my life, living my best life in Dubai, hashtag Dubai bling, no. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that you truly need to surrender control because that is what, it's like going back to all your nurturing, intuitive energies. Mm -hmm. So I feel the first, after you accept that that's what you want to embrace, you need to start unlearning all that you learned on your way up. Yeah. First thing is being aware that every single time you're doing, it's okay, like you're aware right now, you're in India, you stressed, oh my God, okay, you pushed it. But going back and making sure you do something to reverse that mm -hmm. is important as well, right? Mm -hmm. Trusting that not having a plan. <laughs> We've become such incredible overthinkers and planners, which was always a man's job. I don't know why we're doing it. That is so true. <laughs> I don't know why we're doing it. And it's fine mm. to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. I love a woman who leads. But there is more power in embracing what comes more naturally to you. Mm. Mm. And when it comes to pressure, I would love to go back to that point. And you said about when we saw our mothers, you know, in the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. Think about it. As little girls, you're always seeing your father relaxing on the couch with, your, with the guests outside. But your mom doing backflips. <laughs> so true. Shout out to the mommy. Yeah. Mom's out there. The mommy's out there. So the first person you learn this from is your own mother. That is because so true. she shows you that she's a warrior handling 20 things together. And she doesn't want any help. And even if you try to help her, what you're going to get. You're going to be like, no, 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 no. You're yeah. doing it wrong. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you're getting it wrong. So get out. Get out. There's, I actually posted this thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a good bahu. And Aww. I'm going to make rotis, Aww. you know, because I get made fun of because mm. they're like, oh, but she's Western. So she doesn't, <laughs> she's not in the kitchen, which I mean, is kind of true. My husband I does mean, like to cook. I'm Eastern. I'm also not in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't like to cook. <laughs> and so there was something that I posted because we were staying in a farmhouse mm. in Jaipur. And so 
I was like, okay, I'm going to go into the kitchen mm-hmm. and I'm going to help the family make rotis. <laughs> and so all of the other cousins are like, no, Nita, you sit down. Like, you don't, you don't do that. Don't do that. And literally when my mother-in-law came in the kitchen, she's like, no, 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 get out. Go, go, go sit, go sit. But it's because even when we're offering to help, they can't receive the help mm-hmm. because we are wired to not even receive yes. support. Yes. And so even if we're dying on the inside, even if we're crumbling on the inside, it is that social conditioning of I am going to do it myself. Yes. And I am not going to tell anybody around me that I need help. Yes. And these are literally three words. And another three words which we never hear, especially... I don't remember the last time. It's mm-hmm. difficult. Now it's changing. But I don't have memory of my dad ever saying, I love you. Mm. You know? Because in our cultures, we don't say, I love you, beta. We just don't acknowledge that, right? And I don't have a memory of him. Do- now he does it because I've, you know, like we've changed and we've grown and he's growing, which I really appreciate. Mm. But I remember watching this uh, video as well, where there was a documented series of like 30 Asian kids. Asian, I'm saying. Yeah. And... They hadn't said I love you to their parents or their parents hadn't said I love you back to them because we don't say I love you in our cultures. We show it through food. Mom gives you food, dad gives you protection, you know, like, but we never say those words out loud. Mm. And that lack of love that we feel results in all this, right? It's true. So how can we start to shift that conversation? Because... Oh, you know, there's also this idea of, and and I want to double click on being able to ask your parents or tell your parents, I love you. Because I think that was such a big thing in my relationship, even with my in-laws, of being able to show love and affection and appreciation Mm -hmm. and to actually voice it. I mean... This is the brave table. We have to have brave conversations. Absolutely, yeah. And I think a lot of times in like they see culture and being here in the diaspora, people shove things under a rug. And if there is a conflict, we don't talk oh. about conflict. Yes. Please unpack that for us. Okay, I get this all the time because usually I work with a lot of uh, people on my page, a lot of millennial women, younger women sometimes, or like not always, but sometimes. And I always get asked this question that, you know, like, for example, I'm like, okay, set boundaries or like, you know, it's okay to have conflict and stuff like that. And they're like, but how to do it in like a desi household? Like these Western concepts always don't apply directly. If I tell my mom, mom, please give me space. She'd be like, space. What is this space? space? I'm going to give you a (laughs) chappar. I'm going to give you a (laughs) chappar. Not even a (laughs) chappar. So it's so important to understand, like, you can't approach it like, uh, what is the textbook way to do it? The first thing is, of course, there are soft ways of trying it. Mm-hmm. That means you will try to, you know, explain it to them, be, you know, like, in your own way, try and make them sit down, talk to them. Maybe sometimes you'll have to rebel. There are times where you may have to use more of an issue, create mm-hmm. conflict, right. which we run from. We run from conflict. We run from conflict. Most, especially women I see, they come to me and they're like, I want to do that. My parents want me to do this, but I don't know how to tell them I don't want to be a doctor. Mm. And I'm like, you need to sit with them, have a conversation, try to reason it out. Nobody jumps into a battle cage fight, right? Like, True. Nobody listens to the, the loudest voice. Make your voice stronger, not mm-hmm. louder. Mm. Come from a place where they can respect you. 
if I go to my parent and they'll be like, you're a stupid 19-year-old kid. What are you telling me about life? I know more about life. Mm-hmm. That's their attitude, right? So you need to sit down and try and have a conversation. Explain to them why in the long run it would be better for you. But if they don't, which sometimes happens, you'll have to resort to conflict. Mm. That means you'll have to put your foot down. And that's not easy because, again, all your people-pleasing tendencies, your need to feel accepted will all go out the window because you could have been the best kid ever. Mm-hmm. The day you refute them, they're literally going to be like black sheep. For the first time, my long-awaited three-day retreat is finally here. Imagine pouring into yourself as you deserve in a special oasis so that you feel so nourished over the course of three days of expansion, rejuvenation, and soul-nurturing time. Step away from your day-to-day hustle and chaos and step into a portal to strengthen your inner light. With me on the grounds of Boone, North Carolina, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar's Art of Living Center, April 26th through the 28th. There's still shared rooms available. Don't wait. Say yes to you today. Now, back to the show. And I want to bring this concept up because to your point, I think there is a difference between, you know, there is this growing up in the East and growing up in the West where I think a lot of women who are either living in joint families or, you know, traditional households, obviously these Western concepts don't really land that well of, Mm. I'm just going to go live my best life. I'm just going to go. I'm moving out of my house. (laughs) I'm moving out of my house. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not going to go to this thing. And so I hear, you know, many times women are but I don't want to disrespect anybody. I don't want to have the disrespect. Mm -hmm. And so do you think that people can convey their thoughts, feelings, and emotions and their needs, their desires in a way that is respectful, but Mm -hmm. is also confident in what they are trying to communicate? 100%. To their elders. Yeah, I think there is something called power of words, right? So if you are coming from a place of where you're secure about what you want to say, Mm. the other person would be ready to hear as well. I think also coming from the perspective of them instead of you. My father is a businessman. When I told him that I want to start a business, after I quit my job at this high-end luxury brand in three months, I go to him and I'm like, I'm going to start a business. And I've only done jobs till then. I thought he'd understand, right? He's a businessman. He'll understand. He goes like, don't do it. And I'm like, why, dad? I thought you support my dream. Like you yourself are doing it. My grandfather was a businessman as well. And he goes like, no, no, you don't do it. Just take a job once the pandemic gets over. And I'm like... Obviously, like, oh my God, you can imagine black and white tragedy in the background. And like, <laughs> like you know, you can imagine the books. And at that point, I did not like him. Because yeah. I was like, why, why is he being this way with me? One year down the line, after I started my business, of course, I did well at it. I'm a hustler, a great hustler, right? So we do it well, we do it right. One and a half year later, he's showing me off at parties and stuff like that. I'm still resentful because I'm like, now just because I'm successful or like whatever the definition of success in our Mm -hmm. society, let's not even get there. He's happy. But then I realized only very recently that 
The reason he told me not to do it is because he knows how difficult it is to run a business and not everyone is cut out for it. And why would he want to subject his daughter to that? Mm-hmm. He wants his daughter to have a easy and safe life. Easy and safe. Easy and safe. That's why doctor, dentist, lawyer, engineer, exactly. nurse. Easy and safe. Exactly. So understand their perspective. Mm. Understand why they are refuting you. I'm not saying they're right. I'm just saying that conflict resolution starts with one person. Somebody has to do it. Either you do it or they do it. And in this case, you need to do it first. Yeah, and I think this is such a powerful concept because so often we're thinking, what about me? What about me? And... There's this beautiful quote that's first seek to understand, then to be understood. And I think that so often we're just trying to make our point across. We're trying to be heard. We're trying to be validated. And we don't recognize the power of understanding. It's kind of playing chess, right? And there's strategy involved. and, And it brings me back to when I was really little and my dad would play chess with me. And I'm like, oh, okay. He was just, he was setting me up for life. But it's true because you need to know where the other person is going to put their chess piece. And, you know, it's not like I'm getting into politics anytime soon. (laughs) Quite frankly, (laughs) that is the opposite. But there is, it's seeing, like you're saying, you know, what matters most to them. And if most of the time our uh, ancestors, our elders, they want to keep us safe. Exactly. And so they're going to project their own failed dreams on us. And many times, the things that we're doing now, like we're having this conversation (laughs) in this room with amazing humans who are, you know, kind of supporting the studio here in Mumbai. That wouldn't have happened to have our own talk show to stream to, you know, thousands upon thousands around the world. That was just not something existing when I was growing up. Yeah. Even when you were growing up, this is like <laughs> super new. Yeah. And so to think that our parents know the end-all be-all, that is not the case. And many times they're just trying to protect and project their yes. own failed dreams yeah. to keep you safe. So then what? So you... So you You've tried the nice way of doing it. Yeah. You've tried the respectful way. You've right. tried to have a conflict. You've tried you've tried everything, guys. You've tried everything. So what's the next step? Unfortunately, there's no step, right? So now you have to trust that even though they don't... This is the hardest thing. Mm. That even though you've tried everything, accepting that sometimes they're still not going to look at it the way you want them mm. to look at it. Yeah. And still pursuing what your heart says Mm. and knowing when it is in the right direction or not. Mm. What I mean by that is if I knew I wanted to build that business, I gave myself a three-month, six-month, one-year goal. But then I also told myself in one year, if I don't do it, I'm not going to break my head over it. A lot of people do that where they're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then they're stuck in that. Mm -hmm. I remember... There was this, I forgot the name of the actor, but he plays Jim Halpert mm-hmm. in The Office. Okay. And there was an yeah. interview of his where he was trying to be an actor for a really long time. And he was in New York. And he calls up his mom. And his mom goes like, so he's like, you know what, I'm going to come back. I'm not going to try any more auditions. I'm going to come back. So she's like, okay, give it six months more. If it doesn't work in six months, come back. Not a worry. It's fine. Just six months. So he's like, cool. 
So he literally gave himself like, okay, in six months, if I land something, I'm going to stay. Otherwise, I'm going to go back. Mm. And also like setting this kind of a self-timing deadline for yourself of making it, right? He got the audition for the office in the next three months. And then he went on to be, you know, everything that he did. And then he married Emily Bunch. So, yeah. I mean, there you go. There you, <laughs> there go. you go. And he so, became Jack Ryan. Yeah, and he became Jack Ryan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think it's about that. That understanding that not everybody will always accept your process. But you have to make them trust you. Yeah, I Make think. people trust you. You don't, you earn the respect of people. You earn the respect just kind of like how your dad, how maybe that was the chip on your shoulder. Yes. To subconsciously prove him. And then when you gain his acceptance and trust. And I was like, yeah, gained it acceptance, but there was still so much resentment because yeah. I didn't understand him. Mm. And so we can reframe that once we start playing chess the right way (laughs) and start seeing where their belief systems are, what their motivations are, and how we can actually connect at a deeper level. Yes, and stop trying to change people. Mm. That's what we do. Why can't my dad just understand? Why can't my sister just understand? Why can't my boyfriend just understand? You're changing them. You can't change them. You have to accept that that's who they are. That's their belief system, their value system. It's okay if yours doesn't match this. It's okay. That's one of the hardest things, I think. And especially for those of you listening to The Break Table, you've made that step mm-hmm. to have brave conversations, to think out loud, to question the status quo, to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes harder to accept other people who have like very archaic views that is completely opposite than your own, and what do you do? Because in the personal growth world, it's like, but let's bring everybody along, and let's change everybody's viewpoints. And this is honestly, that has been a really big struggle, even for me, because I want everybody to live a better life, especially in my family. And then I come to India, and I'm like, okay, everybody should be (laughs) as, as, as woke as me. And then I'm like, well... Actually, no, because you're just going to be met with so much resistance that you're better off building connection based off of even the tiniest common ground. Yes. And just accepting them where they are at. Exactly. Even though you may have done the work, even though you may have read the books or started your meditation, spirituality practice, (laughs) not everyone is going to be on that same timeline as you. And to acceptance first, right? Exactly. They're not going to be at the same place as you are. And that's okay. You have to learn that that's part of life. And that's okay. Like, you still keep going. And I think it's this power in building in silence. Mm. There's a lot of power in building in silence. There's this really nice quote, which I love, is like, you know, build in private, celebrate in public. Mm. And it's really how life is. That, you mm. know, nobody on Instagram is posting their failures. Nobody. True. I That's wish true. people were. I think more and more. You do that, though. I do that. I do you that do all that. the time. <laughs> you do that. And I want to segue, though, because I know we're running out of time, and I want to make sure I, I get this. Mm-hmm. You do this so well on your account. And what has been the mission or vision of Brown Boss Babes? <laughs> I think for me, the vision and the mission, uh, for me, vision, let's say, is that I wanted to create a space, and I am creating a space, for especially women to feel safe, seen, 
heard and supported. So that's what I want to do. I want them to feel like they belong. I think that's the whole idea of a community. And also to realize that everybody carries a power within. Mm. You just have to be trust enough to tap mm. into it and know that it exists. Mm. You know? So that's going to be the vision that I'm going to carry forward. I think the mission for me is women also learning to come together and collaborate and support each other in this. Yeah. So for me, it's really important that we have this community of, because there are sometimes, even I can't help people. There are people in within there having their mm. mini conversations in my comments because they both have probably a similar journey that I've not been on, you know? How do you so, deal with the trolls? Because I can only imagine oh yeah. there's naysayers. So fortunately for me, I've not had big trolling on my page because I think I'm also very, like, you know, like I think you attract what you are kind of a thing. And I'm not very radical sometimes. So like I think more radical pages have like more mm -hmm. trolling if you're supporting something very, you know, extreme. But I feel like the number one thing if you are facing that kind of backlash is understanding that A, <laughs> does it really matter? Mm -hmm. Like honestly, to me, it doesn't because everybody is entitled to an opinion. What you said about accepting different opinions, I am the most patient person. And I think I was never as a kid. Mm. But I will never be the first one to talk in a group of people. I will never. I always take 10 minutes to observe and listen. Not because people are right or wrong or make judgments about them, but because take in everything like a sponge. I need to learn that from you. <laughs> I need to learn that from you. No, I, I yeah. think that's, uh, it, that's, it's powerful. I think that so often we're so used to kind of getting that word in and we forget the power of just taking your environment in. And I think, especially in today's climate, we want to be seen so fast. Yeah. And instead of, again, reading the room. And so, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Um, I know you have a gift for us in the community. Mm -hmm. Please tell us a little bit about it, and we will put it in the show notes as well. So I have this beautiful self-love prompt journal, which is uh, 57 prompts to self-love. So it's absolutely free. You can check it, and you can download it, and come say hi to me in my newsletter. <laughs> Yay! And I also have these free wallpapers, because I feel like I'm a big visual anchor person. Mm -hmm. That means you can see my <laughs> background. I don't know if you can see it. But it says Rani energy on it. Oh, I love that. Because I'm like a big believer that you need to see what you're pursuing all the way. So you can download that as well. That's also available. Oh my goodness. I love it. We're going to share that in the show notes. So as <laughs> we get into our rapid fire round, what does it mean to be brave? Crazy. I think being crazy. I think it takes a lot of insane and crazy and not listening to the world to be brave. What is one either practice or book that is elevating you in your life right now? I think my Bible has two Bibles I have, which is The Magic of Thinking Big Ooh. is the first one. And the second one is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh my gosh. It's skills. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Vision are my two favorite things, and I always go back to it. I'm not somebody who reads a lot of books, you know, just because I want to. I go back to the books that I really believe in, and I try and reread things to process them. So these two are my Bibles. But yeah, currently, my new read is The Sat Now What, because I just got it yesterday. So that's going to be my new read of the month. I love it. So yeah. I sure. love it. I love it. And last question. One word that describes this season of life. Season of life. 
I think love. Mm. I think love. I think love for everything, everyone, no differences. I think love. Mm. We can just try to be a little bit more compassionate to ourselves and everyone else. That'll just change everything that's happening in the world right now. Mm. We need more of that for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, Simran, where can we get in touch with you? Share us all of the things. Awesome. So you can find me on Instagram right now at brownbossbabesco. And come say hi. I'd love to say hi to you. Oh my goodness. This was such an incredible conversation. Thank I you. just want to honor you for your wisdom and the amount of just courageous and audacious bravery that you have to pave the way for so many women in the diaspora. I can only see you and your account and your vision and mission even just growing even bigger uh, in in the next few years. So thank you. I'm so excited that I get to be part of the initial start of the journey. (laughs) Thank you, Nita. Thank you so much for having me. I highly appreciate it. You've been one of my connections for like the longest time. I think at least a year. Yeah. Funny fact that we met online and today we meet in person. I think that is the power of the social world, right? So yeah. And I think you're one of the most loving, warm hearted. Mm. You're like a hug in person, you know, which I take that. I take that. Oh, that makes sense. The queen of connection. There you go. Queen of connection. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, until next time on The Brave Table. Hey, 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 welcome back to the other side. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to see us diving in live, you can go ahead and check out our episode on YouTube as well. We'll link it in the show notes and go ahead and follow Brown Boss Babes. That is Simran Honda at Brown Boss Babes. That is Brown Boss Babes. And you can follow me at Neetha Bushin as well as The Brave Table at The Brave Table on IG. Share us your stories. What did you like the most? What did it leave you with insights that you might be sharing in your own communities, creating your own ripple effects? And if this resonated, please feel free to share it with another sister that needs to step into who she is meant to be. I am so, so excited for all of this. And if you haven't already, it is your reminder. If you just got here and this is the first episode you've listened to, we would so love for you to go to iTunes, go all the way down and hit a five-star review. Give us your five-star review and let us know what you thought, what insights you had. And it means so, so much to us. And if you actually can hit the follow along button and subscribe button, that would make our day as it gets into the hands of more and more people and it helps the show grow more than you actually know. So thank you so much for being here. I always aim to give you such valuable pieces of wisdom and gems and ways to brave your life and your relationships and your besties and your girl gang. And so I will see you next time. Don't forget to be just a little bit more brave.